It is News Talks SSE Electricity League podcast. He is. Uh, drinking some Galway and out of water. I'm Daniel Kelly. And I'm Oshin Langan. Uh, you can get me on at Oshin Langan. You can get him on at, uh, at Ismisha Daniel. That was a really cheap gag. It's some nice water though, Oshin. Even though we're in Dublin, we've uh, magically got some Galway and out of water. Uh, sent up to us and it tastes great yes for those of you who don't know Galway United have come out with their own brand of water it is available around Galway city centre and I presume shops in the county it's a good idea it's, it's worth a, a try fair yeah, play to Galway course. United it's, it's a different way of trying to get money into the club I'm sure uh, the cost of uh, making this water isn't that much and if they can make a bit of money out of it fair play to them Yep, coming up, ex-Liverpool, Shelburne, Waterford and Bray defender Kevin Doherty. He's now, obviously, assistant manager at Longford. He's going to talk to us about Longford's battle in the first division and the league picture so far. He'll also chat to us about how you handle your squad's exceptional talent and how you prepare for their inevitable departure. Now, when I say your squad's exceptional talent and how you handle him, I I don't mean like someone with a big head, someone who's cocky. Someone like yourself. Exactly. I mean someone like... A Richie Towell. You knew he was not going to stay at Dundalk. Yes. Daryl Horgan the same. So how do you handle that? Do you prepare immediately for their replacement when you see they're hitting form, when you know that other clubs are looking, and I don't mean other clubs within the league, I mean other clubs outside the league. So what do you do? How do you prepare for that? Uh, what do you say to the other players? Yes. It's we're interesting we're looking here at one particular player, I think. Yes, Joint top goal scorer in the Premier Division. We won't mention names, but it's Shawnee McGuire. It's always a strange one on the podcast when we're reacting to Monday games. It essentially means we're ignoring what happened on the Friday. Can I just say, I'm still, we're only three or four games in. I'm still uh, going by my prediction that Finn Harris will stay up. Nothing has shown me that they won't. It's a brave prediction. Uh, Derry overcoming three Dundalk 3-1 at McGinn Park, while Harps overcame St. Pat's 2-1 at Richmond Park. The Candy Stripes are second, three points behind Cork City, following a strong second half with McNamee and McBride on the score sheet after Boyle had equalised Massey's 16th-minute goal. Uh, Kenny Shields outlined why Ryan McBride is such a hero. Uh, he was talking to our friends in Drive 105. Uh, they first asked him, though, what was said at half-time after a relatively unimpressive first 45. Let's try and score more goals than them in the second half. <laughs> Just that simple? No, it wasn't. The message is unprintable. But uh, there was a bit, lot of words exchanged and we, uh, the boys responded well and they got what they deserved. Great result. It was good to finally get the result over Dundalk, the champions. They've had a couple of attempts and uh, uh, the players definitely didn't seem intimidated throughout the no, game. No, they didn't. And to be fair to our players... We had more composure in the second half and stuff like that. Yeah, it was very, very good. Uh, just to finish off now, uh, Ryan McBride seemed to have been in a bit of danger towards the end of the game before he scored and you cheekily sent him off for the corner kick after the issues he was having on the sideline. Is there going to be a long-term issue with that? Or Ryan had the flu. He was vomiting at half-time. Not another player in the world would have played that match tonight, only Ryan McBride. Kenny Shields talking about the extremes that Ryan McBride went to. Just reading Daniel McDonald's report in the Irish Independent. The lights stayed on in Bunkrana and the atmosphere was electric as this Derry City generation laid a bogey to rest. Kenny Shields' side came into this game looking to end a winless run against Stephen Kenny's Dundalk dating back to April 2013. They had lost 11 of the 14 meetings in that window so it's a very big win for Derry at that written by Daniel MacDonald who you'll be able to hear on Tuesday night's Off the Ball League of Ireland segment and of course no other League of Ireland entity he doesn't do a podcast which comes out on Thursday with Johnny Ward one thing I will say about McGinn Park and two weeks ago when we spoke after the opening night against Limerick when the floodlights went out we got a bit of uh, feedback yeah feedback is the way to put it maybe not the most positive of feedback from people around the McGinn Park area watching the footage from 
uh, Soccer Republic last night. A full house in McGinn Park looks very impressive. It's yeah. a small ground. The pitch does seem to be one of the better ones in the league. And now the, facility, the facilities around it may not uh, live up to l- some licensing standards. Looking last night at pictures, I think it was also from Don McDonald from the press box. Uh, leaves a lot to be desired. But if Derry can turn this into, if Derry can turn this ground into a fortress for the year, uh, they could do very, very well. What I like about McGinn Park is the fact that it is quite tight. Like yes. the pitch is actually quite big. Yes. But the fans are Everyone, right on top. Everyone's on top, yeah. Yeah, and I was talking to some of the guys from Drive 105. Uh, they were at the game last night and they said that it does generate an atmosphere. The fact that it, it's it's quite small in a in a fans' sense, and as in the amount of people they can have in the ground. And then again for the Derry players, sorry for interrupting, they have the Greyhound track around the Brandywell, so they're not used to the players being on top of them. For home, they're not used to the fans being on top of them for home games. So this could yeah. this could be a big plus to them. Yeah, look, McGinn Park looked great. We had it a go. The lights going out last week. I think that was only right. We had a discussion with one or two people on Twitter. I think they got their point across. We got our point across. Uh, but by all accounts, there seems to be um, a really warm welcome up there and a really good atmosphere. And the pitch, the actual playing surface, Does is in great good. order. Look, yes. it's a temporary venue. That's what it is. So it's not going to be up there with a Turner's Cross. But they sorted out the problem. They put on a good show last night. And we move on. And, and I have to say, we were invited up there, Dan, and I'm exactly looking right. forward to taking up that invite. Anyway, for Dundalk, four games played and one loss. But Stephen Kenny isn't panicking ahead of Saturday's game with St. Pat's at Oriel Park. He spoke to Jerry Malone of LMFM. We haven't done too bad in the last four years. We've won the league three times, so we've lost. We've won the start four straight and won, it, won them and lost one. So we won't overreact to one defeat. Would you say Gary Rogers will be coming back in on, some, on Saturday? Oh, you know, I wouldn't say. You know, to be honest, uh, you know, I think uh, these are these decisions we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, what's the situation with Steve and O'Donnell? We'll just talk. He might be out for quite a while. He'd be out for a few, a few more weeks. Yeah, yeah, he'd certainly be out for a few more weeks. Stephen Kenny not panicking. He kind of maintains the same. Yeah, he, tone whether he wins or loses. He's probably one decibel more excited when they do win, but that man doesn't sound like a man that's panicking or has anything to worry about. Now St. Pat's are in trouble with only one point from four games following their 2-1 defeat to Finn Harps. Uh, Kelly put them ahead after three minutes but Houston and O'Connor scored first half goals for the Donegal men who held on for the win. So Houston, we don't have a problem. We don't. I will just say about St. Pat's, I saw them Saturday night against Sligo Rovers. St. Pat's are not a good team. Sligo Rovers are also not a good team but St. Pat's are not a good team and I think both of those could be an issue. Could be in, uh, could be in trouble come the end of the year. Okay, well, we'll hear from Pat's boss Liam Buckley shortly. But first, Harps manager Ollie Horgan told Chris McNulty of the Donegal Sports Hub how they applied the lessons learned from the last few seasons to last night. It's one game, 29 to go, we move on. You can't ever fault them for spirit. I don't think any of the sides that went out in the last number of years you could fault them for, for what great and honesty. I thought in the first half, the, the, the little bit of maybe extra that we brought in with quality in the attacking areas got us to the 2-1 lead. I think that the... the the little bit of stubbornness that we've had for years probably kept that 2-1 lead to put it that way too. But, you know, there'll be no one in there smelling themselves because we'll hit rock bottom if we're not prepared for Limerick or we're not, we're not fully recovered. The smell of Lynx Africa in the Finn Harps dressing room. Ollie Horgan at his most Ollie Horgan. There's no one in there smelling themselves. A great 2-1 win away from home, yes. but even at that, he's not that excited. 
He's not, but he should be because they've, they've got a good start to the season. Well, you've mentioned St. Pat's have struggled this season. Let's hear from their manager, Liam Buckley. I, th- I think we deserve to pick up three points this Sligo. I thought we played well enough to win up there. Um, tonight, I don't think we've deserved to lose. Um, a draw would have been a fair result. I think we've probably had the bulk of the play um, and probably the better chances they've scored against run the play and they've given away two really poor goals from Ireland. Yeah, we've pressed well right from the start, but for the first 20-25 minutes, I don't think they, they were near a goal, and then they've, they've sprung a goal out of nothing, uh, and then the second goal was an unfortunate mistake from Ireland. I thought we were the better team in the first half. They've scored as they two chances. They've scored the two goals. Um, that said, from the end of it, I mean, we've pressed in the second half to some degree, but we, we just need to improve. We have to get it better. Listen, we've enough ability in the dressing room uh, to apply. If we apply that ability in a collective manner, I think we'll be okay. Uh, we've got a good group of players there, but. Um, I say it doesn't take away from the disappointment this evening, but nonetheless, you've got to keep on walking away. We'll change another few bits and pieces into next week and see if we get it. We just need to click. Um, at the minute, we're not clicking in the first three or four games we've played. And a pretty daunting trip for Pats next Saturday. They're away to Dundalk in Oriel Park. It's not getting easier for them. No. Um, next up for Finn Harps are Limerick in the Markets Fields on Saturday. The Super Blues lost 1-0 at home to Bohemians last night thanks to a Dinny Corcoran goal. Shannon Siders manager Martin Russell told Live 95 FM's Mike Ahern that even though they've lost their last last two there are still many positives to take their previous loss came against Dundalk last Friday and then obviously they were beaten at home by Bowes last night um, credit to them they worked hard and they, they scrapped and fought and particularly when they got the goal and they knew they had something to hold on to and um, you'd expect that you know so tough um, we missed some chances and like I say you scored their keepers got an award tonight so um, he's done well for them but um, I'd say it wasn't a big you put a hell of a lot into Friday night against Dundalk. Did that come back to bite you no, a bit tonight? No excuses there because they had a game as well, so no excuses. Um, and it's probably two games. Like say you could in both games tonight was effort. Um, tonight we, we we probably more chances to win the game, but in both games we probably should have come out with something more than we haven't. You look at the table after the first night. You look down and everybody at the moment you're looking up at a lot more teams. Does it add pressure now to the Finn Harps game? No, it doesn't add pressure really because it, it's still early in the season. But um, the only the only pressure that we always try to is to perform. You know, um, it, you know, it's it's very early days in the league table. Yes, you're playing for points and points are important. But um, I think if we play, continue to play the way we played in the last two games, these where we've got nothing. I think um, we'll play worse and get something. Um, I think that will happen during the course of the season. So. Um, yeah, we just got to keep on trying to do the right things. Now, neither of us were at the game a few weeks ago where Limerick travelled up north to Derry, but when that game was abandoned early in the first half, Limerick seemed to be well on top in that. They'd come off the win against Sligo Rovers. They were doing very well, and of course the game then was abandoned in, B- in Bunkrana. I think that may have had a, de- a detrimental effect on Limerick. That first Ow. week, first if impressive first week, they were going in, they were doing very well against Derry. It was one all at the time, then that game gets abandoned, and then they come back now with uh, two losses in a row. So from where they looked to be in a very strong position after the first uh, game of the season and if the game against Derry went 19 minutes they could have very well got something from that. Now they're looking back in two losses and the win seems to be taken out of their sails from the start of the season. I guess you have a theory but you're probably wrong. Thanks Oshin. It's two wins from two for Bohemians and four goals in four games for Denny Corcoran. They host Galway United on St. Patrick's Day at 7.45 and manager Keith Long says his players well one in particular, responded to his half-time instructions uh, in their game against Limerick. Yeah, well, Paddy Cavanagh picked out. We asked Paddy at uh, half-time to, to 
you know, improve on his end product, and he did that. He picked out uh, Dinny Corcoran in the box with a with a with a neat pass, and and Dinny's a nice, cool finisher. You know, he's he's got four goals now, in, in four games, and um, you know he's clinical in the box. He's a proven goalkeeper, uh, goal scorer in this division. So um, yeah, we've 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 hung on. Um, you know, we had to had to stand up one v ones. I thought we we done really well. We defended crosses when they came into the box, and um, like I said, I thought we're we're value good value for the win. Cork City are 4 from 4 in the league and meet Shamrock Rovers on St. Patrick's Day at 5 o'clock that's this coming Friday the Leesiders won despite going 1-0 down against Sligo at the cross sadlier with that goal Uh, but Stephen Beattie is delighted with the way they won and says John Caulfield will be glad as well Uh, have a listen this is what he says well I think that's pleasing for John that he sees that side you know win dirty it's great winning 4-1 up in Drada or you know putting a few goals past teams and the game's dead with 25 minutes to go, but you're seeing a dis- different aspect of Cork City now today, tonight, that, uh, you know, if going gets tough, lads aren't afraid to roll up their sleeves, and I think the pleasing thing for me as a player was that no one was hiding, everyone wanted to still get on the ball, and everyone wanted to kind of keep keep driving on, and I think that's massive, I have to kick on now towards, towards the uh, next game on Friday. It's a good point raised by Stephen Beattie, who scored last night, along with Shawnee Maguire. Uh, yeah, the one thing that I found out last season was that a lot of former Sligo Rovers players in the league have a tendency to score against Rovers and of course that happened again last night with Beattie and Maguire two former players on the score sheet Why do you think that is? Why do I think so many players score against Rovers? Yeah Because the last few years have been an absolute mess and a lot of players have left the club <laughs> That's fair enough uh, Beattie was also asked about the league picture last night Cork City obviously three points clear but it is early days Massive game in Dublin now with Rovers you know they've obviously Strengthen some aspects and that, but uh, now we go there fully confident, like you know, confident we get the three points. But it's going to be a battle, you know, Rovers are always a battle. But look, we're playing some good football. We're happy. It doesn't matter, you know. You're, you're, you're the way we're looked after down here in recovery. We'll all be in in the morning at half ten for ice baths and if lads need rubs in the gym, and we'll be ready to go by Wednesday. Never mind Friday, so there'll be no problem with that. See, everyone's mentioned Dundalk and that, but like you look at Derry, Derry are unbeaten. You know, like Rovers are going to be there, thereabouts. Obviously, Dundalk will be there, thereabouts. But it's our performances. Like that's a massive three points tonight. Like coming from behind, digging it out, and yeah, you come in and lads, well, what were the scores? But no one's running in to checking the phones and oh, who who be who. It's we take care of our business down here, and what will be will be. If we keep winning our game, stay undefeated, you know, we have a great shot. We have a great chance. You know what I mean? So we'll keep it going. Stephen Beatty talking a lot of sense there. Yeah, an undefeated team has a good chance to win the league. Well done, Stephen Beatty. You're just in crabby form today. I know you're sick, but God, put an effort in, will you? Just you're shooting yeah. down everything and everyone. I know Sligo had a bad result, but you do realise this is not Dan does Sligo. This Correct. is the League of Art. This is it the is. SSE Electricity League podcast on News Talk, where we cover everyone and Cork, have and been we don't just react to one result, or we don't allow our mood to be dictated by one result. Cork have been really impressive in their first four it's games. Too late now. No, it's not. They've been really impressive. Uh, as I said last week, uh, being off TV in the first few in the first two weeks has probably helped them. They were away from they were away from the spotlight. They got two good wins. Then again, beating Drogheda that game was on TV, and the game against Sligo Rovers for them would have been an important one. Rovers were the only team that didn't beat last season, and to get the win and to equalise, especially sixty seconds after going behind, Caulfield would be very happy with that. Well, Bray got a 2-1 win against Drogheda United. Martin O'Neill was at that game. I wonder, was he watching anyone in particular? Uh, Galway United lost at home 2-1 to Shamrock Rovers. Shane Keegan saying afterwards, look, there were positives. And by all accounts, there were. Um, You're probably wondering, where's the Bray reaction, given that last week I said I was going to go to that game? Well, as you may have gathered, 
both Dan and I are feeling a little bit under the weather. This is why you promised nothing on the radio, Oshin. Uh, it's not on the radio. It's on a podcast. You know what I mean. Anyway, um, it it probably comes from sharing a a booth together. Yes. Each of us gets each other's germs. And just a booth. Okay. Uh, that wasn't a metaphor, by the way. Uh, anyway, I was feeling under the weather last night, so I wasn't allowed to go. But I, I'm obviously my own man. I make my own decisions. Of course. Um, okay, coming up, Which? Kevin Doherty. Everyone starts going. Here's the gaffer, quick. Delighted, as always, to welcome former Waterford, Shelburne, Bray and Longford defender Kevin Doherty onto News Talk's SSE Electricity League podcast. Kevin also currently the assistant manager of Longford. Kevin, how are you? Hi, Ocean. How's things? Yeah, very, very good. Um, I want to talk to you about special players and players that stand out and players you just know that you're going to lose. Sean McGuire seems to be falling into that bracket. He had a great season last season. He started off well this season with four goals already. His teammate Stephen Beattie, who considers himself one of the more experienced pros around uh, Turner's Cross, has been talking about what makes McGuire so good. He just needs a second and it's a goal. You know, like he's one on one and just now he's going to finish it. Um, he's the same training every day, but he's a sort of young lad where he, he finishes training and he'll stay over for an extra 20 minutes where people don't see that, you know, the, the hard work and the dedication he has. He's, he's a phenomenal talent, you know. And I'd back him to go all the way, you know, he's such a, such a good career ahead of him, but he does the hard work, does the, looks after his body. He's a model pro for anyone and he's only still young, you know, so. As a 28-year-old now, I consider myself one of the senior pros and to see young lads like that, the, future's, the club's in good hands with the future, you know. So that's Stephen Beattie speaking after Cork City's win over Sligo. Beattie scored, as did Shawnee Maguire. Um, Kevin, what's it like when you're playing with a guy or trying to manage a guy you know probably won't be staying around for long because he's just he's just a cut above what you have and he's a cut above what is in the league. I mean, Daryl Horgan is another example of it. Last season, everyone knew he wasn't going to be staying along uh, for for very or staying around for very long. We've seen Jason Byrne in the past. You know, when he stood out, he was snapped up by Cardiff. Um, you know, there, there's plenty of examples we could look at, and I'm sure you've played it one or two yourself. Yeah, definitely. Um, from a management point of view or, or, or a coaching point of view, you really when when it's a player like that, although you don't want to be thinking about players leaving the club, um, sometimes it can be inevitable. You look at the likes of Horgan, as you said last year. You really have to get the most out of them while you have them, I suppose. And uh, whatever John Caulfield has done with, with, with Maguire over the last couple of years, he's certainly getting the most out of him. Um, I think he's 22 now. Obviously, he scored four and four, five and five. I think if, if you include the Presidents Cup. Um, so you really have to try and get the, the, the best out of them while you have them. Um, the way they're playing at the moment, Cork flying, um, they really won't even want to be thinking about losing them. But as you said, it, it, it can seem quite inevitable because he's doing so well and, and, and generally when players are doing really well, they, they, they tend to move on to, to usually England. But I know even there was a bit of interest from about Maguire when he was playing in Europe from, uh, was it Ghent or Genk that they played in, in, in Europe and last year and, and there's definitely a lot of interest in him and rightly so because he's flying um, I saw the goal he scored even last night and, and Friday and good finishers uh, good finishes and he, he's really a handful for any defenders in our league and I'm sure if he, if he does go away to probably England or Scotland or, or even the continent he'd be able to step up because he certainly seems to have the the talent and, and as Beatty said there like he, his work rate and everything he seems to be looking after himself seems to be a very good pro um, a couple of years Back in the league now, he he seems to be doing things uh, the right way, and um, he seems to be on on an upward curve. And Stephen Beattie has mentioned that he said that you know he really works hard 
and it was put to him that he was at Sligo, he didn't do much, he was at Dundalk, he didn't do much, but he has come good. And I guess his path kind of reminds me a little bit of Wes Houlihan, who you would have played with at Shelburne. Yeah. Now, not identical paths, but, no. but players who kind of came good. Yeah, well, th- th- again, uh, I, I don't know Sean McGuire personally, but like Wesley, when, when, when we were playing with him um, in Shells, like he... He he'd probably be the first to admit, like he, he he wasn't always the model model pro, like at that age, you know. He he uh, the way he's looked after himself in in uh, subsequent years, he obviously stood to him. But I don't think at the at the time he was doing that. And and after the few years at Shells where we were full time, and he he started to get himself right, look after himself probably a bit better. Ended up going to Livingston, I think he went to Force before he went to Blackpool, and then obviously Norwich and and the interna- international stuff followed later in his career. Maybe if he had been doing it a bit earlier, he, he, he'd have been in, in, uh, involved in squads earlier. But he uh, there is some sort of similarity to Maguire. Both very, very talented players, of course, and, and Wesley's gone on to, to great things. Um, I would like to think that, as we said about Maguire, the bit of maturity now he's shown, he, he's obviously looking after himself really well, that he, he might follow a similar path. Kevin, we've seen, you've mentioned there, Wes Hillhead and obviously as well, players like Jason Byrne, when you're in a squad and you know these players won't be around for as long as you maybe or some of your teammates will be at a club, is there, is there a hint of not regret but oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Anger in a way that that while you will stay like while you will stay at the certain club, even jealousy that uh, you'll stay but they'll move on to England or maybe even somewhere else. No, I don't. I, I don't think so. I think, like I said, if if as a player yourself, you always want to be at the highest level that that you can be. And I don't even like saying it because it sounds like you're 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 talking down our league or something. But if you know there's a player in your squad that is is going to go on to a higher level, there's certainly be you no know, jealousy or envy or anything like that. Again, going back to even the it's the same with players for, as it would be with with a manager. Like you you try and get the best out of them while you have them, and if they go on, then like you're obviously delighted for them. Like like we would have been with Wesley and stuff. So no, I I wouldn't see that. You just use them for whatever you can get out of them basically it's like if, if they're doing the business for you you're generally being successful because like obviously the, the better players are playing in, in those teams players that are going to be going to a higher level are usually playing in the better team so you, you, you use them for what you can and, and usually that means that, that there'll be some amount of success even in your even in your current job with Longford do you notice players even in your own team or in teams you've played this season where you think uh, those players are too good for the first division. They may be even too good for the Premier Division. Yeah, look, there's, there's talent boys. Like it's definitely there, but for whatever circumstances, some lads can find themselves back playing in the in the first division or the or the Premier Division. Just for instance, Dylan McGlade, who we have now, like is a really really talented player, and for for whatever reason, he he finds himself with us. And and I know the reason is that it's a challenge for us to try and go and win the league, and 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 help make him a better player but there's other players players in in our squad and other teams in the league you, you look at, at Waterford that have brought in lads that are even in on loan from from Swindon and stuff that are probably not thinking I want to play for Waterford for the rest of my career they're they're, they're probably using it as to for experience and and to get playing at a higher level and that's generally the league is full of young lads really the fourth division there's we played Coves there a couple of weeks ago. An awful lot of young lads who you could definitely see would have the the talent and the ambition to to go and and play at a higher level, whether it be the Premier Division in Ireland or, or beyond. And um, what's it like when you're managing and you know that at some point you're going to have to replace this guy? Because I imagine 
with all the best will in the world, John Coffey knows, okay, I'm probably going to lose Shawnee. Hopefully we'll get the season out of him, but I have to be prepared. Yeah, well, that's look, that's part of management and it's part of forward planning. And you look, I, I was surprised actually um, with the, the lad Chidozi, is it Benny that went to yeah, went to Limerick. Went to Limerick. Yeah, because yeah, he he looked very now whatever. I don't know the ins and outs of why why he he did leave Cork, but I, I thought that he would have been one for the future that might have stepped in. But you look at Connor Ellis was on on loan at Cove actually last year. We would have played against him, and he's come in and scored a couple of goals. I know Maguire scored four or five, but but I think Ellis has got two now. So like. You'd be looking at at trying to replace replace the player if you know he's going to go. I mean, you even even at the very very top level, you look at even last night with Rashford coming in and playing when Ibrahimovic and whatever are out for Man United. Like there, you always have to be thinking that Ibrahimovic isn't going to last forever, and you have to think of the next one. So I I would think although you're 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 working on your team and every Friday. Sean McGuire would be the first name down on the team sheet, I'm sure. You'd be thinking, well, if he does go, we have somebody getting the experience in the top level that will step into his shoes eventually if it, if it does happen. Yeah, Kevin O'Connor could fall into the, I suppose, bracket yeah. of guys who may move on. So if John Caulfield wants to take some learnings from a situation where this has happened before, I guess he need only look at Stephen Kenny and Dundalk, given the talent that he's lost coming into this season and indeed coming, going into last season. Yeah, well, look, I think originally they lost, was it Patrick Hoban, and then they, they lost Howell, and now they've lost Andy Boyle and, and Horgan, but they replaced them. They, they they bring in players every year, and generally it's been a success. Well, it's been a, a, a great success with Dundalk, but even this year they, they, they tried to replace. They they lose um, Andy Boyle, and they bring in Sean Hoare, yeah. and they bring in Bemelin from, from Derry. And, uh, although Andy is, is at the moment is a better player than those two, He'd be looking at them um, stepping into into their shoes. I don't think Sean Hoare's played yet, but I know Vemelin's played a couple of games. But you do have to. It's easier when you're up that end of the table and and you maybe have the budget to replace them with, where you can pick off players from from different sides in the league. And I'm sure Cork would be doing. Kevin O'Connor to say he's a very very good player, and I'm sure John Caulfield again forward planning. And, and it's not just a week to week thing. At big clubs like that, they have to be thinking of the future. And and uh, I'm sure he's already has stuff in his mind if and and when it does happen. Well, you mentioned Dundalk there. Of course, they lost on Monday night away to Derry. 3-1 the final score. This is what Brian Gartland, the defender, had to say to LMFM about giving away the kind of goals they gave away. Yeah, we were in good control of the game. We were getting good possession. And um, they got a great goal, great delivery. in. But um, I suppose we, we weren't creating too many chances. We were getting behind them a couple of times and a few crosses in, but not getting too many too many chances. Um but to get one up was it was brilliant, you know, and we shouldn't be throwing a lead away from there, especially last minute and a half. Um, it's just disappointing to, to concede, you know. We got to see it out to half time, and there wasn't even any pressure on us. It was our, our own throw in. We were in possession of the ball and locked down clearance, and we conceded from that. So um, second half, there wasn't much in the game. We weren't good, but there wasn't much in the game, and um, I suppose it was our own downfall giving away goals like that. Kevin, in your in your own career, have you ever played for anyone like Kenny Shields that seems to have such an us against them mentality that seems to be bringing out the best in his players? Um, I suppose I see for a brief spell, I was alone at Waterford for for a while from Shells, and Pat Dolan came in for a little while. It was looking like we were going to be, uh, we were we were well adrift at the bottom of the league, and Pat Dolan came in for maybe I think maybe three months towards the end of the season, and he was very much like that. Um, as I said, I think we were I think we were bottom of the league at the time, and I think we ended up finishing comfortably. Then, um, he he was very much able to to get players to, um, 
playing way way above themselves and I think like even I, I, Cork won the league that year and it was right. I think it was in the last day against Derry, but we went up to Derry a couple of weeks before the end of the season and beat them one 0 with a team full of of uh, part-time players, a lot of a lot of young lads as well. And again, that sort of nobody here expects us to do anything, and everyone's saying that you're going to get beaten six 0 or you're going to be beaten whatever. And he was able to do that, and I can see that. Obviously, Kenny Shields. I know he he says a few things um, to to try and galvanise everyone up in Derry, and and it seems to be working. Whatever whatever he does say, whether it's Limerick are the best team in the league before they play Limerick or, or whatever, which I know other people will look at and say, God, what's he talking about? But he's obviously, it's obviously working. How difficult is it to do that? Obviously, last year, uh, Derry finished in third and before the start of the season, Manny felt that they mightn't be able to match how well they did last year, but with three wins and three, and they have a chance to, uh, to, have a chance to join Cork with four wins and four in that uh, backdated game against Limerick. Mm. The magic seems to have not wor- worn off for the second season. No, well, I I think it's 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 look again. They've quite they've refreshed a fair few different bodies in as, as well this year. And and look, if you buy into it and and the man what the manager's saying and and he has that that mentality. They obviously have that uh, attitude that it's, everyone is against us and we're just up here and Derry just playing away. And but they're but they're certainly not fooling me because I think that I think they'll be right there. Um, they have. Uh, Really, really strong side, and I, I think it's look as you said the results so far. If, if it wasn't for the lights going off, they could have had four before four from four. So you don't you don't know what would have happened. I think it was a draw at the time with Limerick, but there uh, he's kept it fresh, obviously, and they seem to be having a right go pop at it now this year. And I fully expect them to be up there right till the end. I want to ask you about Dundalk a bump on the road against Derry uh, and Stephen O'Donnell out for a couple of weeks, according to Stephen Kenny. Now he's a big loss. Oh, he's a massive loss. Yeah, look, he's he's the captain. He's a he's a been a, a big player for him over the, over the last few years. And even when he, it it generally shows how important he is because even when he wasn't probably a hundred percent right, he was coming back into the team and last year and 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 then maybe getting injured again and stuff. So, so obviously Stephen wanted him back in as soon as possible because he is vital to them. Look, they they they've a lot of talent in there again, um, in that in the, in that middle area like. A, I know they've Chris Shields and they've Benson and McElhaney and even Connor Clifford. I haven't seen much of him coming back, but by all reports, he's done quite well. So they have the bodies, but it's whether they're replacing the quality with 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 the quality of Stephen O'Donnell, which is which would be hard for anybody to replace. So you would be hopeful that he'd be back soon enough for them. Kevin, I guess as we have you on the podcast, it would be very rude of us not to ask about Longford, the team that you're assistant manager to, along with Alan Matthews. Um, how would you describe your start to the season? Three games in, four points collected, but a 3-0 win in the Midlands El Clasico on Friday night away to Athlone. Yeah, I, I'd say it'd be fair to say it's been mixed. Um, we didn't have a great start. We we, we drew nil all in, in Tolka against Shells and we probably should have won. We missed a penalty. We missed a couple of 1v1s and, and then we could have lost it in the end. We had one cleared off the line, but it was probably... We were we were looking to, to to start off with a win, but but then we went in to play Cove the following week, and we were we didn't turn up. We we had a lot of the ball for the first half. Cove sat off and and probably sucker punches and and hit us on the break three times, which was very unusual even in pre-season for us. Um, as you said, the match against Atlone Atlone had six points from six, so we were going yeah. down very aware that it was going to be tough match. But the difference, I think, was we we were at it like we were really at it. Um, whether it was the fact that we with a local derby or whatever the fact that we, we just knew we needed to go and win the game um, and the chances that fell to Davy O'Sullivan who actually missed the penalty open talk he took them um, 
a lot of the times in 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 this league, it's if you can get your nose in front, a, a lot, it's it's half the battle. You know, yeah. you, you obviously can't go one up and and, and then relax and sit off. Yeah, that's get actually caught, an interesting point that you raise there. Are there inherent differences between the first division and Premier Division? And if so, what are they? I mean, you've you've got a really good view on this, having managed in the first division, having played in the first division, and having played in the Premier. The, well, the obvious uh, difference are, are, are there's there's no full time. Well, I, I know Waterford are, are are doing a fair bit this year, but the probably the, the fitness levels and, and sharpness levels of of, of playing against full time teams yeah. they mightn't be there. So if you're if for instance in the Premier Division you. You do go one up. You know that they, if you're playing against a full-time team, they're going to be right there till the end, trying to get back at you. Now that's not to say that the fourth division teams don't, but I've generally found, and it was the same in the whatever it was, 18 months out there at Shells. Usually, if you can get your nose in front, if you can, if you have any sort of uh, what's the word, defensive like capabilities, you, you can a lot of the time see it out. You know, and 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 teams might you might catch them on the break and stuff if if they're trying to get back back at you and. I think that's the the main difference. Will be obviously fitness and sharpness levels. The, there's a bit of obviously the quality is is, is better in the, mm. in the Premier Division, but you would you would think that's one of the main ones. Kevin, just looking here at the table, and after three games, no team has scored more than five goals. No team has conceded more than five goals. Have you been surprised by how even the opening few weeks have been? Even though we have Waterford, UCD, and Athlone all uh, all on two wins out of three, that it seems to be a little bit more compact than people may have expected it to be. Yeah, it definitely is. Definitely, like, I mean, there was a lot of talk of, of Waterford before the season and, and ourselves because I think it was because we have a really good squad. We, we, we kept most of the ones that we wanted to keep from the Premier Division and, and added to it. So you would have been looking at it thinking that maybe that there'd be a lot of maybe ourselves, Waterford, UCD, having that bit of experienced players, you, you you might be looking at winning your first couple of games, but it's, it's proved not to be the case. I mean, the most obvious one was, was Atlone beating Waterford on the first day of the season, which probably everybody saw a surprise. Um, but everybody has dropped points. So it's definitely going to be a, a, a lot more of an even league than what was expected, even like looking, God, looking at the odds and stuff like I think ourselves mm-hmm. and, and Waterford are way ahead of everyone else, but it doesn't seem to be the case. I've looked around, though, even, as I said, Cove, Cove are going to be there. They were in the playoffs last year. They, they're they not a million miles. Won't be a million miles. I know there's no playoffs, but yeah. they won't be a million miles off the top this year. Cabin Teeley have strengthened UCD. Have He's saying mo- nice things about all the other teams, yeah. well, Dan. We've to, heard this trick before. Well, we're playing we're playing Cabin Teeley on Saturday, so you're not hardly gonna, I'm hardly going to run them down. Well, well, that's fair enough. That's absolutely fair enough. Um, talk to me about the squad. And You mentioned that you, you did manage to keep guys and you managed to sign guys that you wanted. Was it hard to re-motivate guys going into a first division campaign because no matter what the circumstances are and I know Alan came in quite late last year and you came in yeah. quite late last year so the relegation can't be put down to you guys but you were left with the situation was it hard to re-motivate guys was it hard to get them going again and maybe does that explain the, the sluggish enough start the opening two games well I, I don't think it was hard to motivate them because they were all really wanted to put right what happened last year you know yeah. um, like they didn't win it they Ourselves, even when we came in, we didn't manage to, manage to win a home game in the in the whole season. The first game I went in, we actually won up in Finnharth, but that was the last game of that we that we did win. So the motivation is there. It's a very very good club. We've excellent facilities out in Leicester where we train. Everything is in place to, to be in the Premier Division. So the players and ourselves, staff included, are are very much motivated. It wasn't that hard at all because you seriously want to put right the wrong that happened last year. 
Can I just ask, you've mentioned there with League Slip, and I know a lot of teams, uh, especially in the first division, when they may have a Dublin-centric squad, train away from train away from the team. Mm. But does this, uh, like, does this take away from sort of the local aspect of the team, where play, uh, where fans may not find it as accessible to relate to the players when they're training in League Slip instead of training <coughs> in Longford? I know, I know, obviously logistically, yeah. it makes far more sense for the team to be training in Dublin, but. Can you see the can, like? Can you see the uh, the other side of the argument? I can understand it, yeah. But the the thing about ourselves is we we've a, a lot of young lads in in the squad um, and in train with us every day or every two or three or four times a week from Longford, and we'd have a good connect with down there. Like we we were d- down there over the preseason, and we 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 mm. train in Longford the odd time, and we'd always be very. Um, sure to make sure that we interact with the people afterwards we went back to the Longford as hard as it was after after the Cove defeat we went back to the Longford Arms to meet people and yeah. and be around the, uh, the town for a while as well because it's very important that the, the club has a has a local in identity and mm-hmm. in fairness to, to Longford in particular even when Longford were winning cups and winning I think they won two league or two FBI cups one league cup in the space of two years with Alan and even then like we trained in Dublin because because the reality is that most of the, the players are, are Dublin based. There is a few uh, local lads, and I said they're in the squad. We've we've a, we've a three or four lads that will travel up tonight from Longford to try and. It's it's not a million miles away, so it's not yeah. too bad. We're, we're in the league. And is that as important for the players who aren't from Longford as the fans and the guys from Longford themselves to have that connection in training, to have that kind of connection? To the actual town and area in the squad, even though you're training in in County Kildare on the on the the outskirts of Dublin. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, definitely. As I said, even I played with Longford for two years, and it was always a good good connect between the support. Even my own mother and father used to go down to every game and stay over for the weekend, and got to know a lot of the supporters that would have a good social scene around based around the the, the weekends and the games. And you see, even then, I played in a cup final against Cork in '07, I think it was in the RDS. And oh, the Joe Gamble was, was, yeah. Coldest uh, day of the year. That, yeah, windiest day of the year yeah. as well. Game, the proverbial game of two halves with the wind. Um, but like, there was something like eight thousand, nine thousand Longford supporters there. So the, the the support is there. It's just probably up to us to to harvest that and, and stay in touch with with the community down in Longford as much as as we're we're more or less. Dublin base, well, Kildare base, I suppose. Um, it's very important to have that connect between supporters, players, staff, everyone. And because you need, like, there'll be hard times where everyone needs to pull together. There'll be good times when, as I said, the, the supporters will, will come out, and whether it's the Aviva or the RDS or wherever it is. Um, it's always good to know that that support is there. Yeah. Um, and and it's, it's, it's very important. No, you're right. And the thing is, as well, right, we all obviously follow the League of Ireland and support the League of Ireland. Some fans are more fanatical than others, but like I'm an Arsenal fan. Just because I don't live near the training base, it doesn't mean I support them less. And also, yeah. like if you're living in Manchester, do you get access to the Manchester United or City players? It doesn't matter if they're training right beside you. They are locked away. So it's not like it's, it's only a Longford thing. Uh, Kevin, we will forgive you for the slip of leak slip in Dublin stroke Kildare because as far as I'm concerned, if you're on Dublin bus... If your number is 01, you might as well be in Dublin. Um, Kev, just before I let you go, the most important yeah. burning question regards Longford. Have you had a carvery at the Longford Arms Hotel? I, ha- I have. I, no, sorry, I haven't had a carvery, but we stayed down down after the Finn Harps game in pre-season. And yeah. We had a nice meal in the, in the, uh, the Longford Arms. They looked after us very well. 
wasn't a carvery, but I probably was. I would have picked it anyway. So it was a nice bit of beef and, and potatoes and stuff. So oh, sounds carvery yeah. to me. It sounds yeah. I know you're a bit of an expert on these things. So yeah, it's uh, a damn fine carvery. You, you'll have to drop in at some stage. Yeah. I will listen. We we are getting invites from all around the country. Well, I am. Dan isn't. Uh, McGinn Park and Longford <laughs> very much on the hit list. And uh, as you're well aware from listening to the podcast last season, I like Longford. It appeals to me because there's plenty of parking. Yeah, I remember that, all right. Still as good as always. In fact, it's better than it was when I played there. It's uh, tarmac over now, so you'll have no issues. Ah, very good. Kevin, thanks as always for joining us on the News Talk SSE Electricity League podcast. Not a problem, lads. As always, interesting stuff from Kevin Doherty. Lovely man. And hopefully Longford will do well this season. Uh, They're not in the best positions at the minute, as we did mention, but... It's hard to know who to root for in the first division. Yeah. I know people will assume that me being from Waterford, it would be Waterford. So yeah, I'd like to see them get up because I know some people who are involved and have been involved, not just this season, but the last number of seasons. Um, so it would be good to see them get up. But then again, you look at it and go, are they the kind of, are they the Chelsea? Are they yes. the money men? Are they the team that everyone else hates because they see it that Waterford have an unfair advantage? The team that always moves the right way, quote unquote, are UCD. Cove are doing it the right way as well. Yes, they are. An amateur club. And I mean that in a... <laughs> a bunch of amateurs. Complimentary no, way. Yeah, of course. They're not, what, doing a, they're not doing a semi-pro. You know what Stephen Henderson said to us basis. last year on the podcast, he said, what's the point in us trying to pay people? We don't have the money. Yes. But if you want to come and prove yourself, then you can do it. And I said this before about the first division and maybe football at large in this country. There are people out there who are willing to sacrifice having a life to play sport. Now, we always put that brand on GA players because they're amateur and they can never be paid for it. With football, it's different. The structure is far better than it is in GA. I'm mm-hmm. not saying it's a better game or anything. I'm just saying the structure of competition. Of course you're not. I'm just saying the structure of competition is far better. You know when you'll be playing. You know the system. You know the rewards. And you know if you play well, you'll likely get a promotion. So you can leave the team you're with. You can't do that if you're playing for Longford. Well, mm-hmm. y- you can, but you're unlikely to, if you know what I mean. Or you can't do that if you're playing for the Sligo footballers. But you can't do that, and no one would bat an eyelid if you're doing it for Cabin Teeley, or you're playing for Shelburne, or you're playing for Athlone. So, Cover looking and thinking, well, there's a lot of these kind of guys out there, so let's, let's, let's give them. them a chance. Mm-hmm. And there's guys who are willing to put the effort into football that do the same for hurling and, and Gaelic football if yes. you know what I mean and basketball and 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 rounders and God knows what other kind of sports but there are rewards there in rounders. football that aren't there in GAA Alright are these players taking part in the community games this year? <laughs> Fixtures will be go to Oshin. Yes yeah. uh, We'll start with the Premier Division this week's fixtures Premier down. Division uh, two games on St. Patrick's Night which is Friday it's Shamrock Rovers at home to Cork that's at the earlier time of 5 o'clock and at 7.45 it's Bohemians against Galway on Saturday, there are four games in the Premier Division, and they're all at four separate kickoff times, which is because who needs a three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon when you have the League of Ireland? It is Limerick against Finn Harps at two o'clock at Markets Field. Yeah. Derry take on Drogheda at three. That game is in McGinn Park. At seven o'clock, it is Dundalk against St. Pat's. And at 7.45, it is Sligo Rovers against Bray. Also, even though we do broadcast on a Tuesday, people will hear this afterwards. So I will say next week's game, uh, there's one game on Tuesday night next week, um, even though we will have a podcast for it. It is Derry against Limerick Part 2. And that's at 7.45 also in McGinn Park. I imagine the games are scattered across the weekend because it's St. Patrick's weekend it, and exactly. they want to avoid Ireland against England. True, in the that Nations. is also good. But, but then again, that's sort of died a died of death. Uh, no, 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 no. I don't accept that. It's not as big an occasion as it could have been, but it'll still be sold out. And True. it's still a massive game because there's still... like. A, 
a rugby test is still a rugby test and I don't buy into this bull that oh it's now a friendly or oh you got excited because you beat New the, Zealand uh, in a friendly the media uh, the media out of Curtain House today apparently the num- on today being Tuesday apparently yeah. the numbers were massively down yeah. on what they would have been this time last week well look it's not as big as it would have been had it been for a championship or a Grand Slam but it's still a big game sure. uh, the first division fixtures on Friday night St Patrick's evening Shelburne take on Waterford at 7.45 Wexford meet UCD at 8 o'clock uh, on Saturday this is the 18th Cove Ramblers take on at loan at 3 o'clock and uh, Longford take on Cabin Teeley at 7.30 that evening uh, last week by the way uh, good win for Longford 3-0 against Athlone we talked about that with Kevin Cabin Teeley beating Wexford 2-0 UCD losing out to Waterford 2-0 and Cove getting a one-all draw at home to Shelburne I know that um, Stephen Henderson the Cove manager wasn't particularly happy Waterford United top of the table on 6 points they're top on goal difference UCD second also on 6 Athlone third also on 6 it's really tight there Cove in fourth on five, Longford in fifth on four, then Cabin Teeley three, Shelburne two, and Wexford FC one. I know we spoke to him a few weeks ago, but it's definitely worth keeping an eye on the managerial situation in Athlone. I know we are Colin Fortune on, but there seems to be some musical chairs taking place there as we speak. Yes. And it'll be interesting to keep an eye on in the next few weeks. Let's not commit to anything because who knows how it'll change. Correct between now and the next time we talk about it. Okay, you can catch him on uh, at his Misha Daniel. And you can get me on at Oshin Langan. Uh, hopefully, by the time we talk to you next week, both Dan and I will have recovered from our uh, colds. Are we saying yeah, cold uh, or are we man saying flus, we'll man say. okay. And hopefully, the Goal uh, United Water will help us both out. Exactly. Qu- quite the remedy. Okay, we'll talk to you during the week. Don't forget, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, pretty much straight away after we, re- we release it, Thanks very uh, much. the League of Ireland segment is on Off the Ball tonight. And uh, we've got Mick Cook on the website. Uh, he writes an article every Friday. Friday, For yes, newstalk.com forward slash sport ahead of the fixtures. Uh, so plenty of League of Ireland coming up on News Talk across our various platforms over the week. Take care. Good luck. Thanks very much. Bye.